it's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and we got an interesting show uh, in store today. We're going to be talking uh, off and on about uh, redistricting and uh, re-election in a couple of cases. Coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk with uh, Ruth Johnson, and um, she's served in a number of elected uh, positions, including having served as uh, Secretary of State, and she probably understands redistricting better than most, and we're going to talk with her in the third half of our three-hour tour. Coming up in the middle, we uh, we were uh, chasing uh, another incumbent down that's uh, running in the new in a new district, um, and that one didn't come together, so we're going to have an encore with uh, uh, an interview with uh, Brad Benedict, who is an actor who plays uh, Secret Service um, agent, uh, oh, what's his name, Kyle Flint, in Tyler Perry's uh, White House uh, soap opera called The Oval on the uh, BET network. But this first hour, we're going to talk with uh, somebody who's been a guest on the show before. Um, he has uh, served in the military, law enforcement, and represented the 51st District in the State House of Representatives. And now he's running for re-election in the 72nd District. And we're going we're gonna to talk about how that uh, came about, how that works, and a lot more with uh, my guest this hour, Michael Mueller. Mike, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for having me. Um, and and I understand you've been under the weather for a couple of days, and I and I appreciate you uh, going the extra distance to um, join us this morning. Hey, that's no problem. It's only a phone call. Well, let's let's talk about the fifty uh, first versus the seventy second. Now, what's happened is um, since you ran and were elected to the fifty first district, of course, there was a. a citizen initiative to um, establish a, uh, a nonpartisan redistricting commission and despite the pandemic and some other complications they have put together um, they have redrawn the maps for districts for representation for a variety of offices including including yours so for a lot of uh a lot of these districts that exist now uh for 
It, it's it's made a big difference in terms of uh, new candidates who are looking at some of these districts as open seats, incumbents who are running in districts that feel almost like completely different than the districts they've been representing. So it's it's going to have an impact on uh, virtually everybody that's running. Um, how much has your district changed, Mike, from the 51st to the 72nd? It, it changed uh, quite a bit. Currently, I represent nine entire townships, the townships of Flushing, Clayton, Gaines, Argentine, Fenton, Holly, Groveland, Rose, and Atlas. Um, then they narrowed it down to, um, I still kept Fenton Township, which has been the base. Um, so you have Fenton Township, which includes you know, the cities of Linden and Fenton City, Holly Township and the village of Holly Rose. And then they um, did some strange things. And so then they gave three out of four precincts in Tyrone Township down into Livingston County. So now this district will include Genesee, Oakland, and Livingston. And then they drew me north. Um, basically, the northern, the the western side of Grand Blanc Township, and then the mile stretch between Maple and Hill that runs all the way across the north end um, of the township that borders Burton. And then they drew me a little ways over in the Monday Township, including Rankin. So it's uh, kind of confusing for, for everybody because now you'll have two state representatives in Monday Township, Grand Blanc Township and Tyrone Township. Wow. I, I hadn't made that connection, Mike. Thanks for that. Um, with, the, with the 72nd District, now there are three Republicans, including you, um, running for the, for the primary. I think there are two Democrats as well. Are some of these candidates looking at this as an open seat in... in maybe a little bit more accessible than um, than it would have been for you if you were running, you know, again, in the same district? You know, in some cases, I believe that is the case. But in this case, I, I don't because everybody that's running is running that live in the current 51st district. So the, the two people running on the Democratic side are both from Holly. And the two in the primary are both from Fenton Township. So in this case, I think it was just, um, you know, people wanting to exercise their, their right to run, and they decided to do so. Is campaigning different for you this time than you might have expected in terms of running for re-election for the area you have been representing? You know, not really. It's all Genesee County, um, you know, other than, you know, 70% of it's Genesee County, I should say. Um, the other parts were part of the district before. Um, Tyrone Township, for me, that, you know, I was a deputy in Tyrone Township for many years with the Livingston County Sheriff's Department. I was with them for about 13 years and probably, you know, close to eight or nine of those years. Um, I worked up in Tyrone Township. Tyrone Township also borders um our, our family farm that's been here since 1941. Um, so the name recognition there is still fine for me. Monday Township 
same thing. It's only six miles north of um, the orchard. There's a lot of um, name recognition that goes along with the orchard, same with Grand Blank. So, um, real different areas, but actually the district is a little bit closer, so it's easier to travel than the 51st district. Um, Mike, when you first ran for the uh, 51st um, district, the the seat that you've been representing uh, in the State House of Representatives, I remember talking to you about you wanted to do something different to serve the community from what you had done, which was military service, and then you spent um, a number of years uh, in law enforcement working for two different uh, departments over that stretch of time. And I remember speculating that it might actually be more dangerous in <laughs> politics than it was in law enforcement. Um, how how has your uh, your time in the state house been? What what are some of the things that you've learned that maybe surprise you a little bit? Well, just like in any job, I mean, you know, you, you learn every single day, and every day can be different. Um, you know, I, I knew government was slow and there was a lot of bureaucracy, but I didn't realize how bad it really was. Um, you know, it's just, it's a process, and I guess if it was that easy of a process, then we'd have a lot more um, mundane laws than we already have. So, um, like I tell people, I don't think we go to Lansing creating any new laws. We just change the existing laws to fit societal and technological changes. So, um, you know, it's been a learning experience. I mean, you're just, you know, there's only a pandemic once, you know, every hundred years or so, right? So it's a little bit, it was a little bit challenging dealing with, with those issues. But um, overall, it's been a rewarding experience. And, uh, you know, they say it goes by quick, and it does, because I can't believe I'm going into the final term. You know, here in two weeks would be my last primary. Um, that being the case, have you thought about or speculated on what you might do beyond that that term limited seat if you're reelected you know we you know my family and I have talked about things and you know you, you never close one door without you know totally um, you say you won't do something um, then something comes up and you do it so you know there are options possibly but you know with with the family farm that we want to try to keep going I think you know I'll be 50 years old and I'll want to concentrate on concentrate on those types of things and I mean the Senate district is a um, a new district which was you know would be a very Republican district it is a very Republican district but you know I just I'm not sure if I would want to go down that path has the uh, political party leaning of the district that you uh, are running for uh, changed much um, from I, I think the 51st leaned slightly Republican is that still the case in in the the new 72nd yeah it's it still leans a little bit Republican not as much um, you know they lost Argentine Township which is a um, highly Republican area which had been in the district for I mean, before I was born, so that was kind of a strange um, thing that occurred. But, um, you know, it's, if you do the work, you'll win, you know. I mean, if it's 
and then in the environment that you're in, it can that can have an effect too. But um, it it just leans it does lean a slightly Republican though. Well, the purpose of the the redistricting committee, as it was envisioned by uh, the grassroots um, initiative that that got it started and ultimately saw it through to to being established was to get away from the idea that whatever majority in the legislature ruled drew the lines and that that often gave advantages to one party or another and they wanted to break away from that. Can you ever really break away from that because of the way people with similar interests or maybe party affiliations cluster in various communities? You know, it, it's, you know, it, I believe it had good intentions, but like anything else, sometimes good intentions lead to bad results. Um, in this case, um, that initiative was on a ballot my first term. You know, I didn't, I was never involved in politics before, before I did this. Um, I read up on it, you know, asked other people about it and found out that, that redistricting commission was not a good idea. Um, the thing is, is, you know, like everybody says, elections do have consequences. Majority is, it does matter because if you're in the majority, you control, you know, what bills are run and, and it's a lot better <laughs> to be in the majority than the minority. But when you have a redistricting commission that when I was watching part of it, I believe that Sarnia was part of, you know, the thumb region, you know, we knew we were going to have some problems then. So, um, you know, good intentions, but I just don't think people understood the full effect of what was happening. I mean, back in the day, um, my district, when I, I wasn't even there when they redrew it, of course, but it was part of a, a lawsuit of that the legislature in 2010 gerrymandered the district. There was like 11. And all that since has been, you know, kicked aside or whatever. But then you form this independent citizenry district commission, and you have, when you look at the maps now, it looks worse than it did when the legislature did it. Well, and do you think maybe the redistricting commission got a little bit too pressed for time because of uh, the the lateness of the um, census uh, because of COVID and and uh, some of the interruptions from the pandemic? Well, you can you know that was the excuse for everything. So <laughs> I mean, I think it was just that's true. I think it was just poor planning and, you know, lack of, you know, knowledge and process and, you know, they, you know, the requirements of the distancing one from um, politics, um, but somewhere down the line, you know, I, I would thought common sense would have came into play. And when you draw a district, for example, you know, you, you break up Livingston County that had representative, you know, two, Ann Bullen and, and Bob Bazat, and now, now you break it up where... Bob Zat and I will both represent Tyrone Township. I have three precincts. He has one. And that's the only part of that county that I'll represent. And then Anne Boleyn now goes like Heartland and Brighton. Mike, and then, Mike I, yeah. I, I hate to interrupt, but I have to go to break here. Um, can you stick okay. around for a few minutes? Because I want to talk about some issues yeah. uh, past and going forward. All right. 
Mike Mueller is my guest. We'll be Hello right back. Hello there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Babies come with lots of decisions. Cloth or disposable? Crib or bassinet? 
So when it comes to protection, go with the safest, most effective choice, vaccination. Get all the recommended vaccines for your baby by age two to protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases. For more reasons to vaccinate, talk to your child's doctor. Go to cdc.gov vaccines or call 800-CDC-INFO. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with State Representative Mike Mueller, who joins me by phone. Mike, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. That's all right. Got to pay the bills, right? (laughs) That's right. Um, Mike, we were talking a little bit about the changes. You're running for re-election. You've been representing the 51st District. You are now... Uh, representing the 72nd district, and we talked about some of the changes in those, uh, you know, between those two districts. Um, but it sounds like the core of it is still pretty much the same. Um, are any of the other candidates that are running in this race um, incumbents? I didn't recognize any. No, like like I, like I mentioned earlier. Um in this race, there was specifically, I mean, both of them lived in Fenton Township, so it was already, you know, I live in Fenton Township, so there wasn't any, um, anybody that ran from any of the new areas. Right, and but there are some, which is kind of interesting, where there's been overlap, where you have um, two people that are running for re-election, but they're now in the same district. That is a little bit awkward, I think, for uh, some of the candidates. Um, but let's talk about some of what's, uh, first of all, do you think the the redistricting and the way the districts are drawn now is going to have any significant impact on, um, the, uh, makeup of the legislature, either in the house or the Senate in terms of Republican majority? You know, and, and this is just my opinion, but, um, you know, the, the lines in the House are drawn, and they're, they're strange. I mean, there's, there's, there's not as many Senate districts, so it's um, not as easy, I guess, to screw that up as they did with the House. But, um, you know, it's it was meant to be done to try to make things more so-called fair, but, again, um, that's what elections are as well. But, you know, in the House, I think, you know, my prediction is we'll, we'll still maintain you know, a majority in the House, the Senate, I mean, you'll have Senator Johnson on later. She can probably has a better handle on, on that. But, um, you, know, the, you know, the Senate could be a little bit closer. But, again, Senator Johnson would probably be the best one to ask about that. Yeah, I just wondered if you thought you'd, uh, you know, lose a little ground if, if um, there weren't as many solidly Republican districts if it might make it a little tougher or just simply because there's a lot of new blood um, running in some of these districts uh, believing them to be open seats which doesn't happen very often is do you think it's it's a bigger deal um, this time around because of the citizens redistricting commission you know we, we go through this redistricting every 10 years and nobody ever even hardly notices well yeah i mean it, like i said it, you know it 
it's more confusing for um, the people running, um, it's, and it's more confusing, you know, more importantly, it's, or more concerning, it's more confusing for, for the residents. I mean, like I said, in my, my area, um, Argentine Township, where Linden High School is, is now in with Shiawassee County, and along with Gaines Township, where Argentine Township has been part of this area for, for a long time, and I think anytime you split up municipal boundaries like they did specifically with, like, townships, um, it gets more confusing. Um, if you just represented a whole entire township, at least you have one government entity that you're dealing with there. Now, like I said, Monday Township will be represented by whoever, you know, wins the 72nd and the 71st. Same with Grand Blank Township. I mean, Dave Martin represents the city, will represent the city, um, and then I have that one-mile stretch, like I said, between Fenton and Hill. And then he's up in Burton. I mean, I really don't know how much sense that makes. So, um, it, to me, it was kind of just a disaster. Well, it's uh, it's going to be interesting going forward. The um, you know I mentioned during the the last segment. Oh, and by and by the way, uh, uh, David was on the show yesterday. Who? Oh, Martin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm I'm spending this this week kind of off and on looking at redistricting and how it's impacting uh, candidates, both incumbents, and that, that's an interesting race in the uh, uh, what is it, the 68th? I can't even. Yeah, tell that's you. yeah. <laughs> nobody has these memorized. I had to look at my notes, Mike, so don't feel bad. I but I think it I think it is the new sixty eighth. Um, that's kind of an interesting uh, an interesting race and has some interesting candidates. But um, let's talk about some of the issues. I mentioned the pandemic in the last segment, and. Uh, you know, of course, the, the Republican majority of which you are a part um, went after uh, Governor Whitmer and some of the existing emergency powers on which she based her response to COVID-19. Um, were you supportive of, of pulling back the reins on that? You you mentioned and used the phrase, uh, you know, once-in-a-century event. Um, was it important to, to change the rules over a once-in-a-century event? Well, again, yes, because, like I said, um, you know, we don't, we don't write any new laws. We just change the old existing laws, and, you know, Right. We, I, I think I've been on before and we've talked about it, but I mean, when you have the pandemic that comes up, I think everybody um, at the beginning of it was willing to, to work and, and make sure that, you know, even extend it past the first 28 days during the first you know, couple months of the pandemic. But then when we were willing to do some of that and we said, well, we're going to decide to you know, do the 28 days. And then we, then we saw the backlash from that where she doubled down. Um, you know, I don't mind giving someone time to, um, and, and, you know, government time to figure things out like that in uncertain times. But as it went on and went on and went on, we just saw the, you know, in my opinion, the over overreach of, of government with, with these shutdowns. And, and that's, you know, being a referendum state, that's what, um, when the legislature's hands are tied, when we were trying to repeal the 45 law and, and do all of that, um, and kept getting it vetoed, 
um, the people did stand up and they, they got the petition signed and, uh, you know, we were able to vote on that, even though, um, in my opinion, there was some resistance from, from the left, um, hoping to delay the certification of the, um, referendum to see if the election, um, would change where they would flip the house and the Senate and then they wouldn't have, we, we wouldn't be able to vote on it. So, um, you know, there's, you know, you talk about working together and then, you know, then there's the actual working together. And in that case, I think, um, at the beginning, um, it was handled appropriately, but as we went on and on, um, it was way overreach and then turning to the, um, 1918 law for the medical directive was just, um, you know, something that she did, which I didn't agree with either, but unfortunately you're never going to get it repealed, um, unless you have control all three chambers in that instance. Well, the, um, I think it's important to underscore the fact, um, that the, the right to react in an emergency wasn't completely pulled back. Um, for a lot of people watching from the outside, it was almost as if the legislature said the governor doesn't, you know, shouldn't have the power to react to an emergency, and that's not the case at all. That the adjustments, the changes uh, that you made were about having the power to react to an emergency, but then after a certain period of time, you mentioned 28 days, um, then then a sitting governor should have to go to the legislature. In fact, That's should correct. probably go to the legislature as soon as some sort of an emergency has been declared. You know, take the immediate action, but then go immediately to the legislature and start planning out if there's going to be a long-term response. That's correct, and that's why, I mean, you figure that's why our government put it that way, because the legislature is the closest um, that people have to the representation in Lansing. And so, um, and it's just one of those things where, you know, regardless of who is governor, if it was a Republican or Democrat, you know, your legislature is the one that writes the laws, and that's why you have the three branches of government. And in this case, yeah, that's why you, you give emergency powers like that so they can act. Um, well, people are trying to figure things out, but once, once you know, in that time we didn't have things figured out. But still, you know, it should be based on the individual represent, representatives doing it because they can be held accountable as well during the election. And so, to me, it was just, and um, at the beginning it was okay, but then it turned into an abuse of more of abuse of power. Well, you've mentioned a couple of times that um, laws don't really get repealed. They just get sort of adjusted or tweaked. Is that going to be true um, with regard to the 1931 abortion ban that is law in Michigan in the wake of the Supreme Court decision that uh, sort of nullified uh, Roe v. Wade? You know, there's going to have to be a lot of discussion about that because, you know, with the current petition going around that, and I'll be honest, I haven't read the entire thing yet, but I've, I've summarized part of it, and it just seems like it goes, you know, well, it does go way too far. So, you know, we're going to have to figure out a way to move things forward um, responsibly um, while, you know, keeping in, you know, our moral compass and everybody's um, 
you know, the, the big picture at hand. Oh, you know, people have to realize that, yeah, it gets reverted to the states. It's just not out an embellishment. But, you know, the states that have the older laws are going to have to really um, take a good look at things to make sure they're, they're doing it correctly. And Michigan's going to find themselves in that position. Well, as, as you mentioned, there's um, a referendum in the works to, to get uh, the issue on the November ballot um, to deal with uh, uh, what abortion rights would stay available. Um, is the legislature in a position to take that up and make uh, uh, make a law themselves instead of having that on the ballot that, that they could maybe tweak and adjust? Or is it not the case when it's, uh, as this is, a um, constitutional amendment? Well, that's the thing. If, if a referendum, if a person, if if people are able to gather the signatures that they get and they put it on the ballot, I mean, the legislature doesn't really have a, a say in the matter unless, you know, like we can vote on it for the term of its thing that we did already. But, you know, this is going to be something that, you know, people are going to have to discuss and, and, and figure out. You just can't, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting put that way. And then the legislature will have to figure out what they're going to do to try to negotiate, um, with the people that are promoting that because as is, I mean, you know, I definitely can't support something like that. And a majority of people, I guess, you know, I wouldn't want to support, you know, later term or all the stuff that will be in that. We just have to make sure that everybody reads exactly what it is before they vote on something. That's, that's the key. And, you know, being my the position that I am being pro-life, you know, it's, we we have to figure out something because that ballot initiative goes a little bit too far, in my opinion. Do you think the 1931 law goes too far the other way? Well, what I would say with that is, is again, um, there's a lot. They made a lot of advancements, but you know, there's people of principle that you know um, that that think it's fine, and there's others that don't. But again, like I said, you, you always have to look at laws based on current environment, current situations, and sometimes you have to take philosophical beliefs and and do what's best for everything, so for everybody. So, it, you know, this is going to be something that, you know, we're definitely going to have to discuss, and, you know, I'm not sure exactly. I, you know, I don't have a crystal ball to say, you know, this is what's going to happen or not going to happen, but whatever does happen has to be something that's sensible, and as I see it right now, the, the proposal isn't that sensible. Mike, we hear all the time about how much of a political divide there is in this country uh, between right and left. You can say Republican and Democrat or conservative and liberal or um, constitutionalists and progressives. I mean, there are all these different terms flying around. But the bottom line is we have a two-party system and it's in, you know, what could be called a great divide. In your experience in the legislature, um, did you find that there were more things that that happened in a bipartisan way? Can you give some examples of of maybe where both sides of the aisle work together for a positive outcome for everybody, or is there just complete and total party-based deadlock? 
No, I mean, you're going to get your, you know, very partisan issues that, you know, will go down along party lines. But well, those are the big I mean, headline issues, but there's right. aren't there some the, everyday things? Well, those are, I'll, I'll be honest, those are the, you know, if you have a, you know, a Republican governor, or and you have a Democratic governor like we do right now, and, you know, you have gun bills, you know, she's going to veto them because she already knows that. So it's more of just, you know, those type of issues. You know, you have a Democratic governor and you have certain issues that come up, you know, or a Republican governor, they're going to veto if a Democrat does it on the main issues. I mean, it's just, that's just how it goes. But in, in the majority of the time, I mean, you do you work together. I mean, you're going to have people that don't like each other, but, you know, the most part, you know, you can have arguments on the floor, or, you know, debate stuff, but you can get along with the person just fine. I mean, like, you know, the Genesee County delegation, you know, there's Republicans and Democrats all in that. And, you know, we can all, we all have the ability to sit down and talk and figure things out. So, um, you know, people do kind of have a misperception of that. Um, you know, I can be friends with, um, you know, a progressive Democrat and, that's fine. I don't care. And I might not agree with their politics, but at the end, you know what, we need to work together to help our constituents. It's just like, and you know, the area around here, you know, um, we, we have to get along with the other side or nothing's going to get done. And you have to work to get your constituents. And in my area, it's, you know, right now, uh, Congressman Kilby. And so, we, our offices have to talk because we have we, we share constituents and we don't care what party our constituents from when they're having an issue with unemployment or can't get a passport. That has no bearing on anything. That's just trying to help people out. It's just the the political issues that you know you differ on, and Dan and I do differ on you know political issues on some things, but we all we all try to help each other out, and that's how it should be, regardless of what of your party. You should just try to do the right thing and help people out. What are some of the big things um, that you think are likely to come up in the, uh, in the next legislature? You know, it's hard telling, um, you know, nothing, this place does surprises anybody. I mean, who knows what could happen between now and then. I, you know, I remember for a couple of years the other day. I, I so. remember for a couple of years we were looking forward to and expecting action on uh, uh, car insurance rates, for example. And then there was, you know, a big breakthrough or initiative, and and how that's played out, of course, is subject to a lot of debate and discussion. But. Um, but there was this sense that we saw it coming. Are there anything, are there any issues like that that we see coming? Obviously, we're we're going to be talking about abortion, regardless of what happens with, uh, because it's gone back to the states, and and regardless of what happens with the election in November, that's going to be an issue that people will talk about, and there probably will be some legislation attached to some of that talk. But are there are there some other things? Whatever happened to, um, you know, Gretchen Whitmer's uh, cry to fix the damn roads? Well, the thing is, is I mean, as you drive around anywhere, the roads are being fixed, and you know, she bonded for the money, and there's all that money, and now we have all this infrastructure money, and you know, we'll be paying a lot more for the cost to do a mile of road now with and not have the people to work it, you know. So 
you know, the one thing is, is the roads are now, you know, being fixed. You know, everywhere you go around town, you see construction barrels. So um, they're getting fixed. I mean, the way they got fixed, a little bit different. But, um, you know, we'll just see what happens with all this uh, federal money as well for all the projects that can be done. Yeah, I I see a lot of construction. I haven't seen as many uh, as many fixed roads as I thought I would be by now. <laughs> but as you say, we'll we'll see. Um, what about this uh, relief money? Um, are people maybe a little too anxious, Mike, to to cut taxes? Um, because we have some extra money right now, and is that likely to come back and bite us when that that relief money runs out? Oh, it possibly could. I mean, look at what's going on right now. Um, you know, part of a lot of the things that we did in our budget um, this year were were for um, to pay back debt. So um, that's the thing is we want to make sure our, our debt was paid back, and then and then we were you know looking at the tax cuts. You know, I'm not on appropriations. Um, but of course, you know, we pay attention to that kind of stuff, but, um, you know, I just think that, you know, you st even though you have the money, you have to be responsible with it and you just have to make sure that, you know, the things that you do, um, aren't reoccurring that are going to cause, you know, when the recession finally does hit, um, such a loss in revenue that it, it, we get ourselves into a disaster, which is kind of the way that we're heading. So, um, you know, we just have to be careful with what we do and, um, you know, basically, in a way, just stop printing the money right now because we have quite a bit on the balance sheet. Well, Mike, we're, we're almost out of time, but as you know, I always like to uh, give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about and, of course, more about you and your campaign and 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 so on do you have a, a website you'd like to share uh, we just have you know we have a website you know for statehouse.com and then there's facebook as well um so they can they can look it up on that if, if they uh feel the need well mike thanks so much for spending this time with uh, me and the listeners this morning and and i, I wish you uh well and and good luck and good health and s say hi to your wife and uh, and say hi to charlie for me all right thanks tom all right good talking with you take care all right yep bye-bye bye that's uh michael mueller he has uh, been serving as state representative for the 51st district and uh due to redistricting he will now be representing the 72nd district if re-elected there are uh, i think five people in that race altogether including mike there are three republicans running in the primary in two weeks and two democrats and uh, and of course we'll we'll be talking on uh, armchair politics uh, that that wednesday following the tuesday primary to talk about how some of those how some of those things came out. If you're listening to us on uh, WFOV 92.1 FM, Our Voices Radio in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Hearing. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com 
we have some messages as well. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk with another incumbent running uh, that's uh, in the third half of our three-hour tour. In the middle, we're going to talk to uh, a guy. He's not actually uh, a Secret Service agent, but he plays one on TV. We're going to talk to actor Brad Benedict about his role in Tyler Perry's Oval on BET. Coming up in the next hour. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi. .gov slash AG complaints for your connection to consumer protection. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell, East Village Magazine, Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg, Flint Community School, MTA Flint, Flint Comics and Entertainment, Hamity Complete Food Center, The Flint River Watershed Coalition, WH Weiscarver, The Genesee County Road Commission, Long Museum Auto Fair, Thomas Appliance, The Genesee. Health Plan, Flip Flip Technology, Mark Community College, Pure Michigan. 
Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to tom at tomsumnerprogram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, Bob Newhart. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Many of you may have read The Hidden Persuaders. It's about advertising. And one of the points the book made was that the real danger of the public relations man or the advertising man was that they were creating images. And they felt that in the presidential campaigns, the candidates were really getting closer and closer together. There was no real difference between them. And you were really voting for the man. And this got me to thinking, supposing this science were as far advanced during the Civil War as it is today, and there was no Lincoln. Now, the advertising people realizing this, would have had to create a Lincoln. And I think they would have gone about it something like this. This is a telephone conversation between Abe and his press agent just before Gettysburg. Uh, Hi, Abe, sweetheart, how are you, Jay? How's Gettysburg? Sort of a drag, huh? (laughs) Well, Abe, you know them small Pennsylvania towns. (laughs) You seen one, you seen them all. (laughs) Right. Uh, Listen, Abe, I got to know it. What's the problem? You're you're thinking of shaving it off. (laughs) Uh, Abe, uh, don't you see that's part of the image? Right, with the the shawl and the stovepipe at the string tie. You you don't have the shawl. Uh, Where's the shawl, Abe? You you left it in Washington. Uh, uh, What are you wearing, Abe? A sort of cardigan? Abe, uh, don't you see that doesn't fit with 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 the uh, string tie and the beard? Abe, would would you leave the beard on and get the shawl, huh? All right, what, now what's this about Grant? You're getting a lot of complaints on Grant's drinking, huh? Uh, Abe, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, I don't see the problem. I mean, you, you knew he was a lush when you pointed him, you see that? You're gag writers. Yeah, you're gag writers here. You, you want to come back with something funny, huh? Maybe an anecdote about a town drunk. Well, I can't promise anything, Abe. I'll get him working on it. Abe, you got the speech. Abe, you haven't changed the speech, have you? Uh, Abe, what do you change the speeches for? (laughs) 
couple, a couple minor changes. I'll, I'll, I'll bet. All right, all right, all right. What are they? You, you what? You, you typed it. <laughs> Abe, uh, how many times have we told you on the backs of envelopes? <laughs> I, I understand it's harder to read that way, Abe, but it, it looks like you wrote it on the train coming down. Or something like that. <laughs> Abe, could you do this? Could you memorize it and then put it on the backs of the envelopes? <laughs> We're getting a lot of play in the press on that. How are the envelopes holding out? <laughs> you, you could stand another box. All right, I'll, 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 I'll stand another Right. What, what else, Abe? You changed you change four score and seven to, to 87? <laughs> I, I understand you meant the same thing, Abe. Well, Abe, that's meant to be a grabber. Uh, Abe, uh, we test marketed that in Erie, and they went out of their minds about it. Trust well, Abe, it's sort of it's sort of like Mark Anthony saying, uh, uh, "Friends, Romans, countrymen, I've got something I want to tell you." You see, you, you see what I mean, Abe? Abe. Uh, uh, what, what, what else? People will little note nor long remember. Abe, what could possibly be wrong with that? They'll remember it. Hey, they'll remember it. It's the old humble bit. You can't say it's a great speech. I think everybody's going to remember it, Abe. Eh? You come off a braggart, don't you see that? Hey, Abe, do the speech the way Charlie wrote it, would you? The inaugural address swung, didn't it? All right, anything else? You talked to some newspaper men. Uh, Abe, I wish you wouldn't talk to newspaper men. Well, you always put your foot in. No, that's just what I mean, Abe. No, 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 no. You were a rail splitter, then an attorney. Hey, Abe, it, do it doesn't make any sense that way. I mean, you wouldn't give up your law practice to become a rail splitter, don't you? Would you read the biog, Abe? You'll save a lot of trouble on this end. Uh, Abe, Abe, listen, before I forget, um, um, the manufacturer is, is coming out with the Abe Lincoln T-shirt uh, on Tuesday. Uh, could, could you work that into the address somewhere, Abe? Uh, play it by ear, wh wh whatever you can do. Uh, Abe, you, have you got a pencil and paper there? Would you take this down? You can fool all of the people some of the time, and some of the people all of the time. But you can't fool all the people all the time. Well, you keep doing it differently. <laughs> the last quote I got was, you can fool all the people all the time. And you're... Hey, hey, hold on, hold on. Uh, they come up with a thing on Grant. Oh, right, right. Good, good. Yeah, all oh, beautiful. Hey, listen to this. this is, they got a beautiful squelch on Grant. Right. The next time they bug you about Grant's drinking, you tell them you're going to find out what brand he drinks and send a case of it to all your other generals. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's, it's uh, like, like the brand uh, was the reason he won. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, uh, Abe, uh, use it, it's funny. But, uh, trust me, Mr. Uh, uh, Saturday, Saturday night, 
Oh, Abe, I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna be in New York Saturday night. A, a bridge party at the White House. Oh, Abe, I'd I'd love to make it. Uh, how about Seward? You try him. He, he'll be out of town too, huh? Oh, that's that's a, you 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 and, you and uh, what's your name? Be home alone. Mary, be home alone. Huh? Oh, listen, Abe. Uh, why don't you take in a play? I'll, I'll be talking to you. All right. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Over and over, like 
Yes, dear. Yes, dear. At breakfast, I meant to say, honey, please pass me the pepper. Well, what slipped out was, you crazy woman, you've ruined my life. <laughs> of course, I immediately apologized <laughs> as soon as I regained consciousness. trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. <laughs>